Hi there, everybody. Nathan from the future here. Just letting you know a thing or two about this WandaVision episode. This is a re-release. So this episode was actually originally premiered on January 24th. This was after we had only had two episodes of WandaVision to go off of, and the third episode had just come out two days before this one, um, but that wasn't included in this. So as you're hearing this theory, remember that I didn't know anything. <laughs> some things I got right, some things I got wrong, but I promise I didn't cheat. This was all a guess. This was all a theory that I came up with uh, that week of January 24th. So uh, with that in mind, I hope that you're enjoying WandaVision. I certainly am. It's a great show. It's been a really fun romp. And I look forward to probably doing another theory, maybe another video kind of as we wrap up the season here in a couple weeks. So uh, thanks again for watching. And with that, I'll get out of past Nathan's way and let you all enjoy the show. So here is the WandaVision episode of our Nerdy Deep Dive. Enjoy. Why, darling, it's wonderful to see you. Oh, well, you're wondering how some cheesy old program about a magical mutant witch and a sentient cyborg could possibly relate to the church? Well, have no fear. We can talk safely about it here. It's not like anyone's watching us. Welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and unusual couples. I'm your nerd pastor, Nate, and I am so glad that you are here with us, joining us for this video and continuing on watching these videos with us. If this is your first video, welcome. If this is your second, third, or however many, welcome back. And without any more dawdling, let's just get into it with our scripture, as we always do. We're going to be starting with the scripture for today, which is Matthew 25, verses 19 through 27. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV. That's just my preferred translation. If you have one that you prefer, feel free to use that as well. But that one will be on the screen. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in the charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received only one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. And I went, and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours." But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. Before we get too deep into this story, I want to go ahead and do a big major spoiler warning for both the show WandaVision, Episodes 1 and 2, and for Avengers Ultron and Avengers Endgame. If you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about today, WandaVision is an American television miniseries created by Jack Schaefer for the streaming service Disney Plus based on the Marvel Comics characters Wanda Maximoff, who is also known as Scarlet Witch, and Vision. 
This is set in the MCU, which also stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe, and shares continuity with all of the films of the franchise. If you don't know what the MCU is, why are you here? How are you here? And the events of this show apparently all take place after the events of the film Avengers Endgame. Wanda Maximoff and Vision are living the idyllic suburban life in the town of Westview, trying to conceal their powers. As they begin to enter new decades and encounter these various television tropes, the couple begins to suspect that things are not as they seem. So let's start with who are these characters and who in the world are we even talking about? So Scarlet Witch, who actually doesn't technically have that name yet. Like, have I don't have they called her Scarlet? Have they actually called her Scarlet Witch? Regardless, Wanda Maximoff is an Avenger who can harness magic, engage in telepathy, telekinesis, alter reality, uh, lots of random powers. Elizabeth Olsen, who plays the character of Wanda Maximoff in the series, says that she is extremely excited about the opportunity to kind of bring Scarlet Witch more in line with her comic book version, depicting mental illness and various things along those lines. So what about her co-star, Paul Bettany, who plays Vision, who is an android and a former Avenger created using the artificial intelligence Jarvis that worked for Tony Stark in the Iron Man movies and Ultron, as well as the Mind Stone. And spoiler alert, uh... Vision's dead. Vision dies during the events of Infinity War. Nevertheless, Vision is apparently back, and Paul Bettany described this Vision, this iteration of Vision, as being decent and honorable and existing for Wanda. In episode one, we learn quite a few things. First, we learn that the writers are killing it on the wordplay and comedy in the episode. Second, we learn that Wanda and Vision have their powers in this show, uh, but neither of them have any idea why or how they're here or what they're here for. They just know that they are here. Finally, at the end of the episode, we learn that someone somewhere is watching this show just like we are. In the second episode, things get a little bit more exciting. We start to see more of a color bleed of television color in the form of the helicopter and the bloodstain on Dottie, as well as other various references back and forth. But more importantly, Wanda keeps hearing this weird voice calling out to her from a radio, asking, who is doing this to you? First, we learn that Wanda is Preggers, which seems to line up pretty well with the inclusion of some elements from the House of M comic book line. Second, there is some bizarre outside interference from the world with this weird sewer beekeeper dude. And third, and most importantly, Wanda outright refuses to have the beekeeper be seen and rewinds time literally to avoid reality. Then, at the end of the episode, everything goes color and we enter into the next era of television, my favorite, the 1970s. We also get a ton of delightful Easter eggs and nods to Stark Industries and Strucker and so much more that we just don't have time for in this video. Watch the show! Why aren't you watch the show? It's Marvel. Before we get any further into why this is important and what I think is happening, let's look at our scripture. So this scripture from the Gospel of Matthew contains one of the parables of Jesus, where we learn about these three guys and their boss. And the boss gives each of them a dole of cold, hard cash and tells them, I'll be back, baby. The first servant invests and doubles. The second invests and doubles. The third, who was given the least amount, is nervous that the boss is going to punish any failure, and so he hides the bundle of money, not accruing any further money at all. Flash forward, the boss man comes back home, and the first and second each present their earnings, and the boss is very well pleased. Then we bring out the third dude, and he presents his exact same cash bundle that he was given at the start. Like, he didn't even unwrap it. He admits to his boss that he was afraid, and calls the boss out as being a bad boss and a bad person. Obvi, this ticks the boss man off, and he calls the worker lazy and wicked. He actually punishes him in the later verses by taking away that single bundle and adding it onto the first dude who has ten. Now, this parable is more than just an exercise in investing and financial management. Does I look like David L. Ramsey III? This is a story about responsibility, 
and calling. Jesus told these parables to people because he wanted to illustrate the why behind the things that he was teaching. Jesus wanted to offer up relatable examples to people who needed to hear them. A couple of important things to note here. Each worker was given according to their ability. This is Jesus actively eliminating any variables here. Each of these dudes had it metaphysically within them to handle what was given to them. Ultimately, what makes the difference between these three different characters is the level of trust they have in themselves because of the trust that the master had in them. Servant one knew that they could make do with the five. The second believed that they could do with the two. The final person didn't believe in the master's belief and hid instead. In this way, the third servant avoids the problem entirely and tries to hide, essentially running away from their responsibility and choosing to do nothing instead of something. Anyway, back to WandaVision. My theory about WandaVision and what is happening with this show, and keep in mind, I could be wrong, this is just a theory, a film theory. My theory is the person in control of this mindscape could very well turn out to be none other than Wanda herself. Let's start with Vision, because I think that's the most clear example of why I think Wanda is the one doing this. See, Vision is dead, like real dead, like long gone, but for some reason, he's back in the show. Not to mention that Vision is absolutely at the beck and call of Wanda. He won't even save Mr. Hart from choking until he gets the command from Wanda to get into action. Remember what Bettany said about Vision. He said that he literally exists for Wanda. Now, is this a sweet sentiment of an android in love? Or is this an android under the control of a puppet master? The second big factor that we look at is that this show really seems to revolve around Wanda's issues and problems. There's a lot of defiance in her character and a lot of evidence that she's wanting control. She defies the misogynist norms of the 50s era. She doesn't fit in at the social club run by the cold-hearted Dottie. And let's call it out, she befriends Geraldine. For some reason, the show hasn't mentioned this yet, but this is the 50s. Geraldine being at the very white social club is a big deal. And who is Wanda's immediate bestie? Geraldine. That's not the norm, okay? Wanda is actively fighting the situation to establish control, which is something that she doesn't have in her own life. The Wanda that we get to see, which is ashamedly not enough in the first three phases of the MCU, is one who's dealing with a lot of trauma and a serious lack of control. She was experimented on by Strucker. Her family was killed by bombs made by Tony Stark's family. She loses her brother right in front of her eyes. She blames herself for many people dying after Crossbone goes and explodes himself. And she was imprisoned. She's lost her lover. And she literally watched half of the universe disappear, her along with them. She's got some serious stuff to work through. And pep talks from Clint and Shuri just aren't going to be enough. So the real question to answer for us in this show is really this. What happens between hugging Hawkeye to waking up in Westview? And that's what I'm imagining this show is going to answer. Nevertheless, it seems to me like Wanda is using WandaVision as a means by which to continue a life with Vision and experiencing the things of life that she was seemingly robbed of. Suburban perfection, check. Happy house husband, check. And obedient, am I right, ladies? And as of episode two, she's got a bun in the oven, check. Things seem pretty great in Westview. And for that reason, I can't imagine why it wouldn't be Wanda in control. 
Unless, of course, she was being coerced into it by a certain manipulative industry. I don't know, mate. Another great example of this and the real root of what I'm talking about here is the beekeeper. When Wanda sees him, she knows more than she's letting on and she rewinds time. Why? She avoids this confrontation and the reality is, is that she knows what she is avoiding. And there's the magic word for this episode. Wanda is acting a whole lot more like the third servant here because she is actively avoiding the responsible decision-making that is chasing after her. This example of avoidance is a lot like its own little mini parable itself. Wanda is avoiding reality and is running away from the truth. Now, to avoid the temptation to say everything happens for a reason, which we don't believe, Wanda can and must deal with the reality that is in front of her. And sometimes we have to deal with that too. Now, granted, not all of us have magical powers from a scepter that allows us to literally warp reality into an alternate black and white television universe that lets us run away from our problems. But you get the idea. Sometimes the reality of life is that we don't get handed a bag of money. We get handed a bag of problems and hurt and pain. That's universal. We all experience that garbage to very different degrees. But the reality is that we can't run from it. We have to deal with it. Here at Checkpoint, we want to deal with it with you, alongside you, together. But beyond that, there are resources out there that I'll link down below that you should also be using if you need the help addressing reality rather than running from it. So what, right? Why is this so important? Well, one of the rules here at Checkpoint is that we don't do harm. That includes harm to ourselves. If you're running from reality and your own troubles, they're going to catch up with you. Maybe they aren't a beekeeper, but they are still on their way and they could really hurt you. In fact, they could be hurting you by not dealing with them. And we don't want to harm anyone, including ourselves. Now, maybe I'm dead wrong about my theory here and that's just fine. In fact, I kind of prefer that because it seems even more interesting if I am wrong. But the point remains that it seems that Wanda is running away from her problems and her responsibilities, and we can be all too tempted to do that just the same. So if you take nothing else away from this video except for disagreeing with my theory, then please hear this. Life can really suck sometimes, but we believe that together as a community, by keeping our focus on doing good, doing no harm, growing together towards God, we can push through the suckage that is life and do the impossible together. You don't have to run away from the awful things in life. You have a place to run here at Checkpoint, and we can face them together. With that, I, for one, cannot wait to see how the rest of this season pans out. Needless to say, I'm... Thanks for listening to our weekly nerdy deep dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash checkpointchurch, where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show, and remember, God loves you, we love you, you matter. Be boldly blessed, and we will catch you next time.